Welcome everybody to episode 19 of the All Access USL podcast. Uh, it's great to be back. Um, mainly, I say that because uh, there wasn't much going on um, in these past few weeks. Obviously, the results were there, but I feel like even though this is kind of what today's episode is about, going through results all the time is a bit repetitive. And, you know, while I like doing it, I don't think it's exactly what you guys want all the time because you can just look for yourselves. You want more in-depth analysis. You know, I'm kind of waiting for like not always big news, but you know, this week a lot of stuff happened. Uh, two or the last two spots in the East uh, for the playoffs were wrapped up. So that's in here. Some interesting games coming up as well. Uh, but as we move on into these next couple weeks, I will do episodes purely based on results. It might be a bit shorter, but we'll see on that. Um, and then obviously when we get to the playoffs, there'll be massive episodes covering that. And then next season, um, I'll start doing uh, more just result-based uh, episodes as well. Um, because this season was kind of like a jumble of just when it seemed right to make an episode, but next season will definitely be more of a scheduled type thing i've kind of thrown the schedule out of the window this year it's kind of just when an episode should come out like when something huge happens you know results stuff like that um so we're here today recording uh i will create a schedule for uh next season at some point to put out um but that might come out that actually that could come out in like the next month or two um, as things play out, we figure out what teams will be around next year. I think there's still one or two things to figure out for next year based off of some teams. I won't say much, but I think there is still a little bit there. But once we know most of what's going on next season, minus the schedule, because that doesn't come out for a while, uh, I will release an episode schedule on when you can expect new episodes to come out for next season. So big bit of news there. Um... Big bits of news in the league, though. I did say that the last two spots in the East for the playoffs have been wrapped up by none other than Miami FC and Detroit City FC. Two teams with two different seasons, almost. Um, I think, so Miami wrapped up their playoff spot. They're currently still sixth. Um, with a two-all draw and Atlanta United 2. And they weren't great in that game. And I feel like that's kind of the story of their whole season. In that they weren't great. But they it wasn't hard. It it honestly wasn't that hard at all to get into the playoffs. If you were semi-decent this year in the East. You were going to make the playoffs. I mean Detroit were very good this year for an inaugural season. But by no... I mean they're on 48 points right now actually. So I mean they've still been very good. But... They could have been on 41 points, which would have been fine. But getting 50, I, I would say getting above 50 points in the USL championship is like above average to good. Getting 57 and higher is great. Getting anywhere from 63 up is like very, very good. Better than great. And then obviously when we see the 70s, that's like elite teams. Detroit are on 48, so they're in, like, a good team. I can't remember even what I just said. But you could have had 40 points right now, and you'd have 
a fantastic shot at making the playoffs, which is crazy because Tulsa, Hartford, Indy teams who have the players but just weren't consistent enough or tactically well off enough to do anything felt completely short. I'm pretty sure I predicted Indy to make the playoffs and they were awful this year. I mean, they were god awful. Hartford looked to be on the up, even though they just lost 3-0 to Loudon last night um, with Tav Ramos at the helm. Tulsa looked to be on the up. They've made some good moves. They've got Wormel and Goal, who I like a lot. Definitely, I think, one of their best pieces um, that they have. Uh, and Noah Powder, uh, two great pieces right there. Uh, they acquired Powder, obviously, from Indy. And then Wormel, they've just had. Um, I love both of them. I think they're going to be like two of the biggest pieces that they build upon next year with Blair Gavin coming in. Uh, and then obviously that forward line that they already have, uh, Dispay, who they got from RGV. They have a lot of good pieces. They still need to make moves, though. Uh, but stuff to build on for sure. But again, just reiterating that they weren't even up to pace this year with the team that they have. So while these teams can't take steps next year, it was very easy, I think, for Miami and Detroit to uh, just kind of take over. Um, it, there was a huge gap between 1 through 7 and then 8 through 14, for sure. Uh, which sucks because the playoff race, even though were they were just wrapped up um, in the past about half a week or so, it felt like it had been done for like the past five or six games. We knew what was going to happen. Uh, even though Tulsa were sort of there for a little bit, nah, it was pretty much done and dusted. So, I mean, what this means for Miami and Detroit, I guess we can go through the big five of what this means for my, for, like, I'll say the big five of teams who had the talent, I think, to make the playoffs, but didn't make it. And then obviously Miami, Detroit, because they made it. We'll start with Miami. I think this means a... Right now, they would be playing Tampa Bay. And I think they'd go out fairly easily to Tampa Bay. Like a 3-1 three, three, loss. Tampa Bay knocked them out. Uh, not much to debate there. I feel like Miami have been good at times this year. Like, I'm going to bring this game up because they showed their attacking capabilities. Their 7-1 win against New York Rebels 2, but... You have to take that with a massive grain of salt because it's New York Rebels 2 who have been awful this year. So I don't know what this means for Miami going forward. I think next next year could be hard because I don't know if they have the support right now to warrant a bunch of acquisitions next year. Because I think if they do that next year, it's just going to be a lot harder. So I think we almost see a lot of departures then followed up by a lot of additions um, to keep Miami going. So... Not sure how Miami are going to do next year. Um, at, right now, I think it's a first-round exit unless I see something else in these last couple of games from them. For Detroit, right now they would have Memphis. And Memphis are an iffy team to um, predict sometimes. They've down, not down the stretch, but more so um, at most points this year, they have been fantastic. But there have been some games where it's been hard to tell. You know, Detroit have been able to go into places and pick up good points, most recently against Colorado Springs. Got the 2-1 win there. 
Uh, and Memphis have not been fantastic at home. They've lost more at home than they've lost away. Five losses at home, two losses away from home. So you would almost give Detroit the little up here, but I would say a one-all draw and then Memphis go through on pens. Um, here, as for what that means for Detroit moving forward, I think we see Detroit only get better next year. The support that they have, like a lot of teams in the league have fantastic support. Um, it's a place, it's a very, very attractive place. Keyworth may not be the best ground, like aesthetically, but I had the pleasure of going there this year and it was incredible. It did not feel like a four to 5,000 capacity stadium. It felt like there were 10 K people there easily. And granted that was a big game against New Mexico, but even in the games where they're facing like New York Rebels too, Loudon, uh, you know, Charleston games where they should be winning by a lot. The support is still there. And I think that just makes Detroit a very attractive city. So I think Detroit will be a lot better off or a, a more attractive team and an attractive city. It's honestly what everybody says about Detroit. I honestly think is wrong. I loved it there. It was awesome. So I think they'll be on the up for next year for sure. As for Tulsa, um, I think we'll see a bit of turnover there because they didn't make the playoffs. There are going to be players on this team that uh, want to leave, like Dario Suarez. Maybe he wants to leave. Not too sure. But Rodrigo da Costa, maybe. Uh, Powder just got there. A lot of players that have been there for a while. Wormel, he honestly could get picked up by another uh, USL championship team high up the table, like a Louisville. Louisville always seemed to go through this uh, goalkeeper merry-go-round, so maybe Wormel's next. Um, and Wormel could also fit the bill of a backup or third-string MLS goalkeeper. Well, I think that's less likely, and I think he does stay there. You never know. But I think Tulsa next year, maybe, they're going to have to bring in um, a decent amount. They're going to have to fix up that back line. They're going to have to fill some holes in the attack for sure, because both of those spots have been pretty inconsistent. The goalkeeping has been fantastic there. The production has been decent, but at the back and up front, it just hasn't been there all the time. And I think if they can fix that next year, then obviously, yeah, sure. Wormout could almost carry a semi-decent better Tulsa team to the playoffs, in my opinion. He's that good. So I think Tulsa, to make the right moves, could be uh, in the playoffs next year. Hartford. I think they make the playoffs next year. Under Tab Ramos, I think the most likely thing next year is that Hartford swap with Miami. Because I think Miami are going to lose a lot and won't be able to adequately replace the players that leave. And I think we'll see Hartford, because they have a great team this year. They have a very good team. It's just that they didn't have the management to put it all together. So I think with under Ramos... He hasn't been the best this year, but once he gets his shit in order, once he gets his tactics straight and implemented into the team, they're going to be very good. Very, very good. So I think Hartford have a lot to look for next year. And I think the same thing could be said for Indy as well. I don't necessarily think um, 
there's like we'd have to I'd have to see a big drop off from a team like Birmingham or Tampa Bay or maybe Memphis. I don't th- Memphis. I don't think this is really a one off thing because of how well they're doing. I think they could continue it into next season for sure. Um, but I think Indy at least under, I don't know, maybe some form of new management, maybe just getting some more pieces, uh, probably at the back because they have the capability of scoring. It's not really that they just lose big so much. They lost five nil against Monterey Bay and yes, Monterey Bay are hot, but against a team currently ninth in the West who have been fighting below the playoff line for the whole season. That can't happen. That cannot happen. So, Indy, it's all about rounding up that defense first and foremost. So, I do think next season uh, they will be better and they will be fighting closer towards the playoffs, but I can't necessarily say they'll be there because I don't see much of a drop-off from many of the other teams uh, heading into next season that says Indy could fill that spot. So, I think it'll just be Hartford switching for Miami for right now. So, yeah, not that high on Indy, but high enough to say they'll be closer for sure. So with that, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, and we are back from that little break. And we are going to talk about the playoff race in the Western Conference because, of course, we are. It is one of the biggest things going on right now uh just to paint the picture i will go ahead and just run down the teams uh currently in the race so right now third colorado springs they should wrap it up soon even though they have three losses on the bounce uh 51 points they're 12 points ahead of eighth sacramento in fourth uh 49 points they should make it as well but right now, there are 12 points between 5th and 13th. You honestly could not write it. Uh, and we'll go up and we'll talk about how, if I think they're going to make it or not. So we'll start with 13th. We'll start with Orange County. Uh, four games left, so a possible of, or a possible maximum of 12 points. They could hit 43 points on the season. Uh, that would put them at about. Uh, this would put that would put them seventh actually. So the highest that they could finish is seventh on pure goal difference. Um, three losses in their last five games as well. Not looking good. I obviously, and honestly, quite clearly don't think Orange County made the playoffs. Not that this was supposed to be a rebuilding year, but this also this almost had like the feeling of a rebuilding year, like. They won the title last year, and like they could have lost a lot of players, but they only got better. I don't know what the big gap was between last year and this year, because last year they were like good, but it didn't seem like they were going to win it good. This year it seemed like they were really good, and they're trash. Only seven wins on the season. I honestly could not tell you what happened. They've had a few... uh. Like, standout players, obviously, in Milan Oloski. He's been incredible. Their best player by far. But other than that, there haven't been that many bright spots. But I wouldn't say they're the most disappointing team 
in the West. Uh, they come next, 12th place Phoenix Rising. They could hit 45 points. So they have four games left. They're on 33 points, a maximum of 12 from those four games. They could hit 45, which would put them fifth. Uh, will they do that? Absolutely not. I think in their next four games, they could honestly lose out. Uh, yes, they have Juan Guerra, but that doesn't matter. They have Sacramento coming up uh, away from home. They're going to lose that. Sacramento are so much better than them this year. They have New York Red Bulls 2 at home. Uh, honestly, New York Red Bulls 2 are, New York Red Bulls two are incredibly bad. They'll win that. They're going to win that. These first two games say, seem straightforward. RGV away. Uh, RGV have been a lot better. Four wins in their last five. So I think RGV take that like a 1-2-0 for sure. And then they have Atlanta United 2 at home. And I honestly think they draw that. So with that, that'd be 4 points, 37. They are out. Uh, as for what happens next year, I don't know. Not exactly sold on Juan Guerra as a manager. Uh, he had a good Oakland team. Wasn't able to do much with them. Um, had one of the most clinical strikers in the league. And while he was able to get the service to him, he just wasn't. That's like that was that felt like kind of his whole game plan was just, you know, hope Carlson scores and uh, like scores enough goals in one game to where it doesn't matter how many we can see. Uh, sometimes that worked, but most of the time it didn't. Uh, they're still very close to the playoffs, though, which is surprising. Um, and they could make it for sure. So we'll see. Uh, but we'll talk about them when we get there. 11th, LA Galaxy 2, uh, four games left as well, with a possible maximum of 12 from those games, could hit 48 points, which would, again, only put them fifth. They've lost three on the bounce. They're not going to make the playoffs. They were very close at one point. Uh, they had that feeling of they could do it. They could do it, but they've fallen off um, in the past couple weeks and uh, disappointing. So LA Galaxy 2, not going to make it in my opinion. Tenth, um, probably the last of the disappointing teams, to be honest. The next three uh, have been good. Like, at least in the past few uh, match weeks, they've been very good. Uh, but tenth, Las Vegas Lights, they have five games left. So 15 points if they were to win them all, which would put them on 52 points. And to be honest, I would put them third. Uh, but they're not going to win all of them. Three losses in their last three games. Uh, that 5-0 loss at home against RGV kind of set this whole thing up. They were 7th, and now they've fallen all the way down to 10th. I think it's quite clear that they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, defensively, not there. Goalkeeping-wise has been iffy. Uh, they have had the goals at some points, but again, there's also been points where they've been absolutely shell-shocked and just no fucking clue what they're doing so and we've seen that las vegas lights in the past couple weeks as i think next year las vegas will be a very intriguing team because you never you just don't know what they're gonna do they could have a stacked team next year and do terrible or do good or they could have the worst team you've ever seen in your life and do exactly like you'd expect or be very good I know I just listed four of the most common things that we see in sports, but honestly, Las Vegas could do any of those next year, and I wouldn't be surprised. 
because that's just the feel I get from this team. So we'll see what they do next year. But I'm ex- I, I'm honestly excited for Las Vegas next year because it's a fun team. Even if they are playing like absolute trash in these pa- these last three games and against RGV when that game was, they're fun to watch. So we'll see how that goes for them next year. Uh, ninth is Monterey Bay. Uh, five games left, maximum 15 points to get from those games, which would put them uh, third if they were to win them all. Uh, they did just draw three all against Phoenix last night. And I thought Monterey Bay would have had it last night. Because th- obviously Monterey Bay this season have been the better team. Uh, they weren't able to get it done. But looking at their schedule coming up, could be a bit favorable. Miami away, you never know. You never know. Could do that, especially with how Miami have been at some points this year. Las Vegas away, winnable, absolutely. Tampa Bay at home, you, ne- you they probably won't win that, to be honest. They'll probably draw, I'd say, there. Tampa Bay have been very good, but I think Monterey Bay at this rate will stump them. Tulsa away, I honestly think Tulsa win that. And then RGV away, I honestly think RGV win that. So that would be, I would say, five points from these last uh, five games would put them on 44 points. Could be enough. Could be enough. Um, I might be selling Monterey Bay a bit short there, but I think that's what goes. And with how the West has shaped out this year, that could be enough points. We'll just have to see. Uh, In eighth is Oakland. They are currently on 39 points with only four games left. So RGV and Monterey Bay around them have games in hand on Oakland. They can only hit 51 points. Uh, They would still fit into third if they were to win the rest of their games. Won three of their last five with two of those coming in their last two games. I don't know. Oakland are a hard sell purely because they are unpredictable. And I think that's because of how Juan Garris set them up. To play, it was the Magnus Carlsen show, and then it was the they cannot defend show uh, in these games. So for what we see, I I think Monterey Bay and RGV are more likely to make it, also because they have that game in hand, but also because I think they're both better. Um, even if they don't have that like 15, 16 goal score in Carlsen, I think they're both better teams, uh, and I think they're more likely to make the playoffs. So yeah. And if Oakland were to make it, I think we wouldn't see a repeat of next year where they get past the first round. I think they'd get bounced by, they would be, if they were to slot in the seventh, they'd be playing San Diego. Not great for them. If they flip, slip, uh, slipped into sixth, they'd be playing Colorado Springs. And I think that'd be a bit worse purely because of how Haji Berry and Mishi Ungalina play. So I don't think Oakland make the playoffs. And I think if they do, it would not be a fun time. And then the last uh rgv in seventh three wins in their last three four in their last five they have been fantastic and it's funny because i had criticized the living shit out of wilmer cabrera uh a few i believe it was in episode 16 or 17 i was like he has no direction for this team and yet here we are talking about rgv in the playoffs and they seem like the most likely candidate. Um, in their last five, they have more points. Uh, granted, it's only by two. Monterey have 10 points in their last 
uh, five games. RGB have 12, but it's those minimal amounts of points that get the job done. If I were to pick a team, I would think that Monterey Bay get the job done. But RGV, you can't count them out because they were bottom just a couple weeks ago. And now they have jumped all the way up to 7th and they're in the playoffs for a second season in a row. As crazy as that sounds, they're there. And there's really... All you, have to do, all you can really do is... Uh, Give them props because they have deserved it over these past few weeks. So as for how the West plays out, that's what I think is going to happen. Will it happen uh, like that? Probably not because I am not perfect, but it'll be an interesting thing to watch for sure uh, as we finish out the season. And now we have three games uh, tomorrow to talk about. So we're going to talk about those games. We're going to review them, see maybe uh, what happens because we have two very, well, three very big games, honestly. Uh, we have RGV playing Charleston uh, at Patriots Point. We have Tampa, Birmingham at Allang and Louisville, Memphis at Lynn Family Stadium. So honestly, three huge games. I would even argue the biggest game is... RGV versus Charleston. So we'll save that for last. We'll save that for last because that has big playoff implications for Charleston, no matter the result. So we'll start with Tampa, Birmingham. For Tampa, they have lost three in their last five, with Birmingham having three wins, a draw, and a loss. Uh, this could be a perfect opportunity for Birmingham to pip Tampa Bay. At Alang. Tampa Bay have had their struggles in some games this year, granted. Uh, they have been very good. They're third for a reason. So I'm not going to knock them too much. But Birmingham, away from home, have had that edge. Uh, most recently, we saw it against Memphis. Memphis are a very good team, but they haven't been fantastic at home. The five losses at home. Birmingham went in, took all three points in a 4-2 win. So... This could be that kind of game where we see Birmingham come in. You don't expect them to win, but here they are. They're leading. You never know. And I think, honestly, this is not a game for Birmingham to take an early lead. I think this is a game that we see play out nil-nil until like the 85th minute. And then Birmingham, Enzo Martinez, usual suspect. We see them 1-0 up. And Birmingham snatch all three points and could even jump. Tampa Bay into that third spot. Now, it doesn't really matter uh, because both third and fourth offer a home playoff game. Fourth would only be uh, a guaranteed one playoff game. Uh, third would be most likely two. But still, pretty big implications if Birmingham were to come in and win uh, because then Tampa would have to play fifth in the East, which is... Let me check real quick. Uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, and Pittsburgh are no pushover. That is for sure. Even though Birmingham just did just beat Pittsburgh um, at home a couple weeks ago, uh, it would still be a tough game as opposed to Detroit, I guess. So we that will be this will be an interesting game for sure. Um, as for who to look out for. Uh, Sebe Guenzati, I think, is someone to look out for. 
uh, as he looks to finish on a high in a rather disappointing season. 25 appearances, only two goals and three assists. Definitely not what he would have wanted coming into this season. Definitely will be looking to step it up next season. I think, and I think he does stay with Tampa Bay next season because if he would have had another big season this year, I could have seen him moving away. But I think this one, this season will keep him here and he wants to improve for next year. And then maybe could look for a move or just see how his days in Tampa. It's a great place to be playing right now. They've been fantastic these past couple seasons. And then for Birmingham, Enzo Martinez, obviously always the danger man. Such a fantastic pickup this year. 30 appearances, 13 goals, 7 assists. He is that creative guy. He's clinical as well. So if you don't lock down Enzo Martinez, you are going to get punished. That is for sure. So I guess I could see this game going either way. I guess I could see, I think it all, there's going to be one team that controls. It's not going to be really like a back and forth affair like we see uh, all too often in these big games. I think it's going to be someone controls it from the get-go. And that's just how it is. So either it be Tampa, you know, controlling, they win 3-0. That's it. Or Birmingham controlling for most of the game. They can't find that breakthrough until like the 85th, 90th minute. And they steal that 1-0 win. So we'll see how it goes. But I think that's how this game will go for sure. Uh, Next up, we have first in the East, Louisville against second in the East, Memphis. And this is a pretty interesting game. Uh, Louisville... Only two wins in the last five, and the same can be said for Memphis. However, Memphis, uh, both of their last two wins, or both of the both of their two wins in their last five came in, have come in their last two games. Granted, against Charleston and Atlanta United, two, but in those games they've scored nine and conceded zero. And Charleston and Atlanta United two have been more than capable of scoring their share of goals, uh, especially Charleston with Augie Williams up top. They've been he's been clinical, uh, so keeping him quiet. Not an easy feat for sure. So big for Memphis in that. Louisville, their most recent game was a 4-2 win over Loudoun. I don't think they have concerns, but they could be doing better. Uh, And Memphis being second, this is going to be a tough test because Memphis have a lot of uh, options. Jeremy Kelly, Luis Fernando, uh, Philip Goodrum, Aaron Malloy. There's a lot there. Not to say that Louisville don't. They have Wilson Harris. They have Brian Ownby. They have Musha Galusa. They have Amadou Dia. They have Sean Tosh, even, who scores. He's got nine goals on the season. Uh, but this will be an interesting game for sure. And I brought up this stat earlier. Memphis have only lost two games away from home. That's going to be big. So we'll go into the players, and then we'll go into the uh, result, I think it'll be. But I think you guys know what it's going to be. Uh, to look out for for Louisville, Harris, Wilson Harris, 12 goals and three assists on the season. Very big season. I think we've seen one or two more seasons, one or two more big seasons from him, and he honestly goes abroad. He is good enough. Fast, clinical, dynamic, uh, you know, willing to make that final pass at some points, but he's selfish. And for him, that's good because he is very good. He needs to be selfish. And then Brian Owen beat nine goals, four assists. Uh, been able to step up in that role, which is fantastic. For Memphis, there's two big players here that I'm not going to skip over. Philip Goodrum, 19 goals, four assists. A fantastic breakout year for him. And Aaron Malloy, six goals and 10 assists. These two players 
honestly would not be surprised. I think a lot of people would be uh, would not be surprised if they made moves in the offseason, whether it to be it honestly probably wouldn't be interleague because Memphis is a great place to be right now. It could be MLS, it could be uh abroad. But we'll see. But they're both capable. We know that, and we've seen that this season. So very, very, very pleased to see how they're doing right now. So with that being said, I honestly think this game ends as a one-all draw. Memphis have the away record to complement that. And Louisville have struggled in their past five uh, games. Uh, Looking at that past five, hasn't been great. So I think Memphis come in and they get that point. Uh, And they put a little pressure on Louisville heading in to the end of the season. Not to say that Memphis are going to finish first. I think Louisville are pretty set to do that. But, you know, just have Louisville sweating a little bit as we finish out the season. You know, not exactly where you want them, but give them something to work for, for sure. So I think a one-all draw is what we see there. And then for Charleston RGV, which I would argue is honestly like the biggest game this or that we see tomorrow. Um, it's honestly can't be said how big this game is for RGV. Uh, Charleston, two wins in their last five. It's literally one of their best runs of the season with a total of seven points from 15 possible. Same said with RGV, though. They're on a great one as well. Four wins in their last five, seeing them jump from bottom to seven. So two teams in their best runs of the season coming together will be very, very, very interesting. RGV have obviously been capable of standing tall defensively down the stretch with no shortage of goals either. It could be difficult for Charleston, especially following that heavy loss to Memphis where they didn't score any goals, kept Augie quiet, kept Abadaka quiet. But Charleston, again, for how bad they are, they do well offensively. So this could be one where RGV and their stubbornness might fall a bit short. But I don't think it will be. It's a possibility, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, as for the players to watch, Augie Williams, obviously for Charleston, 14 goals and three assists. And Enoch Kwakwa, uh, only the 15 appearances for him, has been quiet, two goals and one assist, but he's very, very good. And I think this season is just a step for him to take a big jump for next year. So I think watching him as he finishes out the season will be big for sure. For RGV, uh, Jonas Feldberg, six goals and one assist, obviously was big in that win against Las Vegas. And Emilio Icaza, five goals and three assists on the season. RGV don't really have big scorers or big assisters. It's kind of just a collective there, which is very interesting that they are where they are based off of that as well. For that said, though, as much as I guess I kind of downplayed RGV in this, I think they take this game 4-2. Even at Patriots point, RGV have shown that they can win games away from home. So I think RGV take this one 4-2 uh, at Charleston. And I think that, obviously, if they do get that win, that will just further their playoff hopes, uh, which would be an incredible comeback for sure. With that, though, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, the next episode will probably be out relatively quickly after these we- after this weekend's games. Um, uh, because like I said, at the beginning of the episode, it's kind of coming out when 
there's something to talk about, I guess. Uh, but this weekend, there'll be something to talk about for sure, uh, because we're getting to the playoffs now. So there's going to be a lot to talk about in these upcoming weeks with the playoffs. Uh, the roster freeze, I believe, is tomorrow as well, or I should say Friday, September 23rd, because I'm recording this on Thursday night. So, yeah, lots to talk about. We will see what happens in these final weeks leading up to the playoffs. It's an exciting time, and I'm so glad that, uh, I mean, I'm this first two-thirds of the season has been fantastic, but playoffs is just so much fun, and I'm so excited to experience it with you guys. So yeah, thank you guys for listening and I will see you guys for the next episode soon.